Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of A Journey Through Time and Stuff. My name is Aaron, back at it once again. Today, you can call me... Oh, let's see. I, I think I think today I'm feeling extraordinarily tall, so you can call me old tall guy Aaron, old Aaron the tall guy. There, there's a nickname in there somewhere. Um, nice. I'm, I'm also feeling uh, satisfied, uh, so you could call me like... like uh, satisfied that's a good name uh i just i before this it's a beautiful day outside today here in portland and i uh i got home we just got a a puppy three days ago and uh his name is ziggy everybody out there and uh it's the it's the coolest little dog and so he came home greeted me that was all good made myself a badass peanut butter and jelly sandwich uh gallon of minute made tea or not minute made what uh country time lemonade and uh i got me you can hear it jiggling there everybody see that that's how audio works sound propagates through airwaves and hint it hits your ears and oftentimes it is uh propagated from a source localized such as ice in a glass that's uh that's a great way for things to enter your ear holes um Another one of those is my guest's voice. You will be hearing it in just a second. You know, TikTok is one of those fucking places where you can absolutely hate to be on it because uh, flat earthers, religious nuts, right wing terrorists and all that want to propagate those places and and lure in the deceiving and the weak. But then amidst the gray, amidst the the darkness and, and debauchery, there are painters and acrobats and writers and creators and musicians and people that just sparkle amongst the the shit you know there it's like shiny shit compared to not shiny shit uh anyway <laughs> i i a long time ago uh which i bet for you it seems like a long time ago now it would have been the beginning of the year i stumbled on this cute little profile on a oil rig uh, and it was just two co-workers sitting in an operations room and uh, I knew what those days felt like and the conversations the questions just peaked at my heart but more than that was the question asker the personality of that guy the questions he would ask the things the way all all of it made me go I know this guy he seems like he grew up in my town. Now I'm from Alaska originally. You're obviously from the south, right. um, but yeah, small definitely. town, small town. You knew everybody, and uh, at the right, I, I'm again. I'm also I'm 36, uh, so hit that right cusp where everything I had. You know, I was in high school before we middle school. By the time we even had internet, maybe at our house, and if it was, it was fucking dial up. You know. Uh, oh yeah. So that's, that's all we had. <laughs> so uh, with that, everybody, I would love to give a nice warm welcome to John Doyle. Welcome to the podcast, man. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Yeah, dude. That yeah, was, that was quite the quite the intro you just threw out there. <laughs> I, uh, I I try not to be exceedingly verbose while I while I speak, but sometimes I can't help it. You know, I, if I'm feeling it, uh, I I don't like to repress my feelings. I did that for far too long. Uh, and, oh God, yeah. and, yeah. uh, so no, I like to be my authentic self. And if I feel like rambling, well, it's my damn show. Uh, 
Like, you know. That's the, that, that, that's how I think sometimes. It's, it's mine. I made it. Let's just, I'll talk as much as I want. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So, you know, I don't want to go too much into the, your turnaround Allen content. Cause I think that's probably on the lower end of what actually is interesting about you. It is your show, so whichever well, direction. Okay, well, okay, let's start, let's start with this. How would you classify your experience over the last, say, six or seven months uh, just with wow. the boom in popularity and people knowing your face and your dyed hair and and you becoming like a, a – a, 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 I mean, in its sense, turn around, you know, hey, hey, Alan, is, is a meme now. You know, I uh, it it's been it's been pretty crazy. Not gonna lie, the December was kind of blowish. Uh, I was I was working on a new project, writing wise, but you know, no one knew about my other books either. So it kind of felt like I was just writing into the void. You know, I just I write because I feel like I I have to. Yeah. Um, and then January fucking first. We uploaded like one or two videos and uh, went to bed, woke up to like, I think the first time was like, it was 130,000 overnight because <laughs> I had 100 followers. And yeah. I, I screenshot and I sent it to my wife and I was so excited. I was like, 100 in like a day. That's so cool. And then I woke up to 100, 130. And for the first week, I think we were averaging about between two and 300 followers a minute. It just, it, it was bonkers. You hit that it's algorithm. You hit the algorithm in such a sweet spot. And it just like a, a wave that you didn't have to do any work on. You just stood there on your board. It was like, it was, it, it still baffles me, man. Yeah. It, it just, it baffles <clears throat> the absolute well, hell out of me. I, I love, I love what you just said, um, that you, you have to write. So I'm I'm a musician primarily. That's my that's my passion. That's my goal. Bass player, guitar player, what w- whatever, Sweet. whatever you know. This Same. is yeah. Whatever player. Are you are you a musician <laughs> as well? Drinks, we could- oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Because I saw you doing all those acoustic covers, and you're a fucking singer. Okay, damn, I, John. I'm not a very good. I'm not a very good singer or guitar player. I've been playing guitar since I was 12. I should be. Leaps and bounds, fucking better than I am Okay, right okay, now. okay. Um, same, same. Uh, I I started playing. Uh, I was in like elementary band first, uh, clarinet, and and did that all through like elementary band into middle school. Um, and then it was in high school when I started playing guitar because all of the cool kids played guitar. Yep. You know, and yep. and they were learning. And they were learning John Mayer, or not John Mayer, sorry, that was probably too complicated, maybe, but they didn't play it right. Or they were learning, you know, yeah. Oasis or w- Wonderwall or any of these songs, and they were campfire singing and jamming these or songs. Lifehouse, Lifehouse was like, that was the song to, to get chicks when I was 12 or 13. <laughs> yeah, dude, and, and, you know, people would have a guitar in the hallway on lunchtime or something like that, and... Yep. Uh, yeah. And then you're like, well, fuck, if that's what they got to do, then I guess I got to do that too. And I, I well, and, and, you know, and the thing was, is like, I spent all this time beforehand playing clarinet. And so I had an understanding of music, but when I started playing guitar, I didn't incorporate any of that knowledge. And I just like, okay, I need to learn as fast as I can what chords are 
how like mm-hmm. so I can play these songs so I can cover other people. It was never like a thing about like oh I gotta make my own music and <laughs> you know um, yeah I was I'll, I'll never forget I was playing Need for Speed Underground okay on PS2 on on, on PC oh on, oh fuck the yeah PC was janky as hell fuck okay? yeah what were you running well, okay okay what were you running like probably Windows Windows Millennium. Or Windows ninety eight. It, it was it was it was Windows Millennium. See, we yeah. had the ninety eight on the old compact Rosario. That thing bit the dust. That's right. This one for like way overpriced. But I was playing Need for Speed Underground. All right, I'm pipping the shit out of my zoo, my Subaru, and my brother, who's only thirteen years older than me, only. comes in with the guitar, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I was I was an accident, Aaron. <laughs> Not, okay, here, here's the thing, I was an accident, and I know." Because they told me I was I'm the youngest of four. Okay, anyway, so <sighs> I'm playing Need for Speed Underground. I'm pipping the shit out of my Subaru. And my brother comes in, and he's like, Dad showed me how to do, like, two chords. Check this out. And he's showing me D, and he's showing me A. That was it. And I'm obviously in the middle of putting decals. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, that's cool, Sam. Cool. And, uh... Yeah, I just started playing after that. I don't know why. I, I never had any training. Um, tried to, but well, I can know, tell you for, from from being from being in 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 the music business a lot, and then you know eventually taking it really serious. I mean, that's that's why I'm in Portland. Um, and my audience, my audience has heard this story a bunch of times, but this is for you, not for them. You know, we got to get to know each other in this. So, mm-hmm. so um, no, so yeah, I uh grew up born and raised super small town in alaska i mean like 800 people small town um really yeah yeah and uh and and being up there everything was like probably i would guess probably five to eight years behind the rest of the u.s in like in like in like just like how popular things were what was like catchy you know things would be on tv and we would have no reference for them but all other kids would i come to find out talking to people from the rest of the world um yeah grew up there and uh, again went you know went to college came, went moved back uh aud- car college tech school not real fucking blasted college <laughs> it was a it was a fucking tech to, school i didn't go to school with, with like two and a half years community college yeah 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 man no it was uh it was it you know and 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 if it wasn't for goddamn sally may it wouldn't have even happened in the fucking first place (laughs) that bitch i want to punch her in her face took all our money no no i'm kidding (laughs) i mean come on yep uh uh and then uh yeah once once i became like it was a, it was again it was wanting to be cool. I was 22 or 23 wanting to be cool, cover band shit, playing in bars, you know, just tr- having trying to have fun and then as soon as we were like, "Hey man, right we we spent enough time together. Original songs would be cool." And then like it just started this fucking climb of like, "All right, I need to take music seriously. My band, we moved to Portland together from Alaska as a band." Oh, great. Uh, in 2013. Uh, beginning of 2014, tried to make it, do you know, do something, but bands don't last. It was stupid to think it would. Nothing ever lasts oh, like that. So bands break up, you join new bands, you do all that. But my whole point in saying all of this is um, 
I, I can instantly hear you. It's funny you say you're not a great singer. What you do have is a really good ear for the notes to sing. I, I can hear that you hear it and what you need to do. And, you know, it saying you're not a good singer is like, well, you know, saying like, yeah, man, I've been building houses for like 20 years. I've built a few, mo- mostly my own. And people are like, this is a pretty sweet fucking house. You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm a shitty carpenter, man. I'm not that good at it. And they're like, well, fuck, you got like. You did the crown molding and you did all, all the hand built cabinet. You're like, it sucks, man. See, this door opens like kind of crooked here. And, and this one, it, this, the seams aren't quite. And you're like, and then people are like, yeah, but you did this yourself, dude. Yeah, that's, uh, that's me. I'm, I'm not easy on myself. That's, that's just a running theme. Everyone's going to have to get used to it. Well, well, here. I'm not, I'm not good at it. So, so let's, I, I want to, I want to hit that in conjunction with writing. Um, because I think it's, uh, those of us that are kind of plagued or tortured artists of whatever it is that, that feeling that makes us wake up thinking about it, going to bed, thinking about it. If you don't try, if you don't do something, you, you're mad at yourself, but you judge the work you do and you're mad at yourself for like not doing it good, but you'd be madder if you didn't do it. Is that kind of how you feel? Yeah. Yeah. Same. It. Yeah. That's that's how it. That's how it feels. Because, I mean, I wrote. I've been writing since I was like five or six. Something. I was always making up stories, or I, I wrote like a. I've told this story before, but I wrote like a small, short Hobbit fan fiction with like crayons and pencils, and I was like five or six. Um, uh, it was it was thrown away because the Hobbit was of the devil. But I did write it. It was like twenty or thirty <laughs> pages. That's awesome. I use big, I use big margins though. I like, <laughs> um, but yeah, the 12 to 13, I was doing fan fiction online. That, that was super fun. Uh, and I started taking it seriously. Oh, so like, like, like the early, early forum days. days, early forum days. So if you're uh, 12 or 13, was, you were on. Yeah, it was fanfiction.net. Okay. Oh, awesome. I had, I had three different stories going at one time and you would upload like a chapter at a time, get immediate feedback. It was, it was so fun. I had a I had a Pokemon one going at the time, and a two different Zelda actually stories going going at one time. One was from uh, Navi's POV, the fairy, and, and the second one uh, was from Ganondorf's POV. He was like my main guy. I loved him. <laughs> I yeah, love that. Of ago. course, of course, you did. You were a Ganondorf fan. Of course, it you was were. Ganondorf. See, I I wasn't gonna. But he was the bad guy of Navi's Tale, which was the first one. And all of my fans, because I had like at least 30 people that read it weekly, they loved it because um, they liked him. I have a, I still to this day have issues with making my villains uh, unlikable. And, and, and my main issue is I kind of make them too funny. I don't know where it came from. A lot of my villains end up being a little bit, a little bit too sarcastic a little like that way well i i think um, i think that's wanted more of him and i was like okay i can i can do that well to to think like the best villains in in pop culture period are always unhinged in a way where they're seemingly normal but their jokes are only funny to them and like they have this sense of dark humor that's like just seeping out a little bit 
and mm-hmm. you know the off colorness of 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 a, a real good villain uh i mean you know it, it, a great example is mark hamill's joker man i mean that's perfect you know absolutely perfect it's there's i i think it's the best fucking joker that's ever existed um yeah i definitely the best animated one we've ever had and yeah as far as joker goes i have issues with kind of comparing animated with with live action but if like if i did compare them it's it's mark hamill and kevin conroy Ugh, all, yeah or r.i.p but yeah kevin conroy was my man that's i heard him my whole life dude agree agree he he is like if i think if i just try to imagine batman's voice it's kevin conroy and then if i picture batman it's uh tim burton's batman all the way michael keaton is like my batman he's not my bruce wayne but he's my batman i i am so fucking glad you said that because so many people that I, I'm bat, I'm the biggest Batman fan I know. I have let's go. I have wrote fucking theses almost on this shit, and I always break them down by Batman and Bruce Wayne because there aren't very many of them where Michael Keaton did pull off both very well. I, I think he really did, but there aren't very many where when they're dressed up as Batman and they're out there doing their Batman shit where you can you can look at him and say that is Bruce Wayne dressed up like Batman. Yes. Very few. You either see Bruce Wayne or you see Batman and Yeah, Val Kilmer. Also be- Val Kilmer was all Val Kilmer was Bruce Wayne the entire yeah. time. His lips, man. Val Kilmer had the lips, bro. Well, and Seriously. and not to mention the worst of all the Batman costumes. I, you know, it was close. Joel Schumacher did some, did his dirty on a few of those. But another reason people didn't like um, Batman Forever was the tone. Yeah. It, it, it changed. You it know, Tim totally Burton did. gave us Tim Burton, which was exactly what we needed for the Joker. Goofy, but also creepy as fuck is like his bread and butter. He's been doing that forever. He did it before Batman. So... That tone was what we were used to. And then when Forever came around, it gave it a little bit more of a Camp. light-hearted... Yeah, it was campy. Very campy. I mean, Batman and Robin was atrocious, we all know, but... I'm down for it, though. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still there for it. Because, because that... I, I mean, it's still Batman. It's still... Honestly, and, it's and, it. and here's the thing that a lot of people don't get, is when those movies came out, you had to be 10... 11 12 years old and go to the theaters and watch them if you came out if you were a little older than that you hated them and if you were younger than that and you only got them on vhs still or when dvd finally came out you got them on dvd because i i lived my entire life on vhs until i was like 16 fucking years old man you know even even when we'd go to the fucking corner store to the, the little movie store to rent which was our bait and tackle shop a grocery store a movie, a movie rental, uh, a small kitchen, a pet supply, and someone lived in it. Oh my god! Okay, okay. You've said before you think we're we're really close. Okay, I grew up in a small, 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 small town in Louisiana. All right. Called Singer, Louisiana. It is there's like 
80 to 90 people within the city limits. I was related to most of them. It was nah. small, all my mom's side of the family, right? Yeah. There was two gas stations. Only one had gas because the pumps were broken on the other ones. And that was our movie store. It's where we bought all of our, if we needed a tool or a supply, because the closest cities were like 20 miles. And I was same, the same. Yeah, same. Just, yeah. There was like only 50 or 60 VHSs, and it was like, it ranged from like, you know, Quest for Camelot or species in robocop <laughs> yeah the yeah i mean i mean they always had they always had a good assortment of um you know like you would have the like it was cordoned off you know the little the 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 horror section horror and sci-fi were one action adventure were one comedy was one drama was one and then the cartoon section and they had some fire like old looney tunes cartoons the the the, the looney tunes tales probably trans a hundred percent um it, they, yeah though they had they had all the good things that was the first time i saw mask of the phantasm on uh, rest rented that on vhs oh, Jesus Christ. i know i know almost the best batman ever like as far as batman movies that went to theaters <sighs> It's, it's almost the best one. You know, um, yeah, it's funny. It, it's funny. So my town, my little town had one gas station, which was a little store. Right up the other, right up the road from that was one other little store. Uh, that was like the general everything store. Um, we had right. a we had a post office. We only had one main intersection in the entire town and and on the the two-lane highway that ran through our town, it was all built on like the sides of a two-lane highway. And so- um, one four-way stop with one stop sign. That was that was it. We had a little post office, uh, and five bar. No, one, two, three bars and five churches. Wow. Yeah. Enough, enough bars and churches. <laughs> yeah, but but one of everything Mouse, else. Uh, and an elementary school and an elementary school if if you know so so that was lucky we lived close to there they had it a small elementary school out there so that was k through six and i I really never left like we we drive again so yeah my my town was kasiloth alaska and then 20 miles 20 miles away was the bigger town and that was soldatna and it was uh one come into town one Full, when I was a child, four stoplights, and we had like a Safeway. Uh, we got a Fred Myers in my childhood. That was fucking awesome. Um, gas stations, you know. We we had a McDonald's. We had a we had a, a Burger King. Uh, yeah, all the good stuff. Yeah, what dude. Town need. I it, that was it. That was it. Public library. Oh, I I wore the shit oh, out yeah. of my library card. And we had in Singer, it was just the two gas stations. We had a school because we weren't closer to anything else. We had one Baptist church and then one Presbyterian miles down the road because that's where uh, the, the graveyard was. That was the only place to do it. Yeah. You know, um, and one small, and when I say small library, like it was about the size of this hotel room. Oh. It was like a little can uh, yeah. it had all the good stuff but still it was it was super fucking small <laughs> that's awesome super yeah small. yeah that's that's fucking great that's fucking great um okay so you're like you're like 12 or 13 you're writing zelda fan fiction um mm-hmm. and probably at that age especially in the old days i remember how how clicky early 
day forums were, man. I mean, when you found your form, you were there every day. It was, it was, yeah. it was social media. It, it was like yeah. it, before, before this, you didn't get notifications bling at you, but you got home, pressed the play button on your tape answering machine, and then go over, logged on your computer, waited for dial up to fucking connect and Ooh. hop on a, hop on a forum, man. That was like, that was the days. And so I bet you were, Getting a poor connection. Sorry about that. No, yeah, we're good. We're good. We're good. We're back. Um, yeah, that's f- I hate. I hate technology for that fucking reason. It's like, yep. Hey, if if you if you see that I have stuff running, I'm probably using it. Don't make it then so like give me a double secure measure. Don't let me just one touch d- and destroy. Yeah, I, I know I'm not like the most technical person in the world, but I remember the old school phones, like some of the very, not they were they weren't even smartphones; they were almost a smartphone. But you could use the Wi-Fi and your cell phone signal like together. They like came together to give you a little bit of a boost. I don't think do that anymore. It feels like it doesn't because if you lose Wi-Fi, whatever you're doing on your phone just isn't it isn't it terrible like they know they're do they do it on purpose they get they do it on purpose they got to because i i feel like i feel like there's a a bot a group of these fucking cell phone developers out there that are walking around with their phones that don't do that and and then they know the spaceman phones. <laughs> they're like, they're like, hey, Apple put this thing out, but I'm a, div- I, I know how, you know, I, I program this thing, so they get in there and like tweak, tweak, tweak. Oh, now my thing won't do that anymore. Stupid other people, and they, you know, they just have this fucking hack walking around, just a That's little. That's the way I feel. I just, I feel like everyone's like that. I feel like devs when they play the game that they make, I'm pretty sure they just got all these backdoors and secrets that we don't have and they're just like ah yeah it was easy oh yeah 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 i mean and that you know there's nothing more infuriating than than playing a game you're in the middle of grinding you're 80 90 hours deep into a game and and you, you hit a part in a game where it's definitely a programming error and it's just something stupid and you go no one caught this like everything else, like no, this this is here. If you find it, it's gonna piss you off, and they're laughing about it because they put that in there. It's their their quicksand spot there, whatever it is. Yeah, they they do. They and just fuck with us. It it's a little different now. I think I know making a video game is never easy. It's I I think it was uh, Blood Sweat and Pixels is one of my favorite books of all time, but it. It's like different, each chapter is a different story of a different video game being developed. I think it was EA, it was the chapter about Dragon Age and Inquisition. And that was right before we actually started getting next-gen stuff. Yeah. It was like, what, 2014-ish? Like, it was the tail end of, of like, you know, 360 and, and stuff like that. So... The teams back then were way bigger because when they started testing for bugs, they tested for a long ass time and they would just do random shit in the games. That's how it worked. Um, but like it was a game breaking bug 
where if you got on and off of your mount or horse or whatever, like I think it was like 10 or 12 times in a row, it would just like brick the game. Like saves would be deleted, all kinds of stuff. But during bug testing, they did everything they could think of, but I think they got on and off the horse maybe like eight times. Yeah. If they would have went just a couple more times, they could have caught that. And that was before they could just shoot out a big day one patch. Day one patches weren't a thing back then. Patches they, they, in general. Get them. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, I, I mean, I still think, like, I'm pretty sure it was the uh, the DLCs for Skyrim. I don't think they ever got those to work on PS3. Like, no. Like, ever. At least one of them I know for sure. They, I think it was the Dragonborn DLC. They couldn't get at least one or two of them to work at all. Because they couldn't just send like, oh, you bought the game and that's it. Yeah. You know, well, maybe next time. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think, I think, I think that kind of thing about uh, on the, the, the online aspect of games, uh, getting, you know, buying stuff from stores and, and that whole kind of work into games was the downfall of so many series because I, like my, my my favorite one to to give it to to use an example is fable oh god fuck i love fable fable one so <laughs> fable one was i mean tlc you know the lost chapters that whole the expansion everything is amazing it needs mm-hmm. graphics but it's it's great the game is great and then mm-hmm. fable 2 was fucking great too like yeah, that's fa- my favorite one. Yeah, Fable Two was really yeah. good. You got the update and graphics, a little better weapons, some cool shit, and then Fable Three went. Oh yeah, because it was the worst of them. Because least. it got it. They they're they're like, how do we make this game cool, but also make it with you know up to the standards of like all this other shit? And I, it, they they went they got too big for their britches, I think, and it ruined the game. Yeah, it's. Okay, I, I have a big-ass theory about trilogies or sequels or t- movies, games, books, doesn't matter, where what, it, what normally happens is a pattern where the first is good, the second is better, and the third is either really good or just complete dog shit. It happens so many times, like Fable was one. Uh, Final Destination. Final Destination. Final Destination. They they lost the way. I think. They, I I heard. Anything. I heard they the make money, and they're like, let's keep going. I heard so, the new one was all right again. Um, it wasn't bad. Yeah. I mean, you after three, people just start. It was like Saw. You know, after the third Saw, they forgot. Oh, we're trying to scare people, and they just started doing this thing that they thought audiences wanted, and it kind of lost lost the way yep. but games especially have a hard road to hoe with sequels because um if they stay the same that could be bad and if they change that could be bad and it's hard to to find out exactly what is is a good move for example the one that comes to mind is borderlands <laughs> Borderlands is Borderlands, okay? It is a very 
you know Borderlands. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Borderlands 1 was a specific way. Borderlands 2 was the same way, and we loved it. Borderlands loved 2 was fucking... I they're phenomenal, dude. That game is just it, the graphics the are perfect, and, and the graphics oh, yeah. for it are the perfect. Dylan was amazing too. Handsome Jack was <sighs> absolute perfection. But then when three rolled around, they were left with the the dilemma. You know, the do we do we just give them more Borderlands, which I thought was the move. Me too. And, and they actually did do that. They gave us more of sort of the same and they did it because that's what fans have been asking for yeah but those same fans also were like really you couldn't change a little bit of let and next one and this is the last one i'll say so i don't ramble too much but assassin's creed is is the absolute perfect example of this because assassin's creed one two Brotherhood, Revelations, uh, three, three was one of my favorite ones. They were all samey. Yeah. Okay. Just different time, uh, different times throughout history, um, but the gameplay core was very much the same, and that was a the fan base bitched about that for years. Well, well, change it up. Well, like, like a little bit, you know. As a as an um, Assassin's Creed nerd, I'll tell you. Oh, yeah. From 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 playing one, I played one basically. Got it basically when it came out, and and oh, yeah. loved the shit out of it and played it. I ran around as Altair for. I was yeah. him for so long, and then when when the Ezio storyline started, the the Assassin's Creed Two Brotherhood Revelation story. Mm-hmm. The those three were their package, but it. It it was different. the The controls were different. The layout from one, and mm-hmm. so they gave you that controller layout change, and then they stuck to it. Um, I think the big jump was when they wanted to go to water. Yeah. Um. Uh, not only that, but it was three. We didn't have Desmond Miles anymore and 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 a lot of the fans i feel i know i was i i loved what was going on in the past but that wasn't real yeah the main actual story that we were supposed to keep up with was what was happening with desmond and we did for a while and then at the end of three he's taken out so four was although i i love the naval combat enough um it was just kind of we didn't have Desmond, so the actual real world where we thought the story was supposed to be was kind of jumbled, and we didn't we didn't know what to do with that. I know it, it bothered me a lot. Yeah. Uh, even though three was one of my favorite ones, it it bothered me. The ending was just like really man. But when Ubisoft made the jump with Origins, which I love the new format. Okay. Me too. I loved Origins especially. Egypt was just the absolutely perfect dude cresting a sand hill cresting a like and and just seeing the pyramids rise up and glisten and catch that evening sun on a fucking camel (laughs) with that evening sun crested you're wearing your black outfit and uh black with red black with red highlights got you oh the bird edition the bird edition is phenomenal i love that over all of it now um i'm in i'm i am balls deep uh, slaying a bunch of fucking 
Western Christians as a Viking right now. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, they had it coming. They, I beat the brakes on them too. Oh, it's, it's, but when they made, go, when yeah. they made a jump with Origins, all those fans that had been moaning for them to change for years, what did they say? Hashtag not my Assassin's Creed. I can't believe why would you do this? It's not even Assassin's Creed anymore. That was what they complained about. It was just Ubisoft's hands are tied. Now they did bring in a lot of newer fans, I feel like, so maybe it didn't affect their bottom line because I like the new one quite a lot, especially Origins. I've replayed that one a few times. Well, and but it, it's not easy. And you know, like even playing through Valhalla, um. They, in the real world, uh, they have tie-ins back to all of the old Abstergo stuff, and you feel like now you're part yeah. of the storyline again. You're you're coming out from a different angle, but you have all, like all that history is there, and and uh, you can go in and listen to Desmond's voice and and voicemails and and like you get all that, and and like all right, this is I feel like you're back in it, you know? Yeah, they lost it with like with. Syndicate, uh, Black Flag, uh, Black Flag, Syndicate. What was the one? Um, the one with all the bugs in 2014. Oh, oh, um, uh, uh, the one that was in France. I can't, yeah, yeah, I can't yeah, yeah. Right now, which is a shame because as far as Assassin's outfits goes, that was like the fire. <laughs> they well, look so dope. The, the Frenchie you look, yeah. yeah, yeah, when they weren't like floating eye sockets. With the I remember that first day. That was. That was crazy. Yeah, no, that yeah, it was another thing that definitely got but but it's also that example that they can pull it back and make make a fucking great game still, you know. I mm-hmm. I, I I think that like especially playing yeah, Origins and then Valhalla, it felt like they wanted to capture like the kind of they wanted to recapture like the dauntingness of what it felt like playing the first Assassin's Creed. Like you're you're yeah, one guy. Trailer. Say what? Sorry, go ahead. Did you see the trailer for uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage yesterday? No. No. Oh my god! Yeah. When we're, when we're done okay. with this, you check it out. Uh, Assassin's a, Creed Mirage. Yesterday they dropped one. Yeah, it's uh the guy in Valhalla. You know who you bring? They they have their little assassins camp in your yes. camp. Yes. Um, Cannot remember his name. It's him. It's more tight. It's more focused. We're getting. It looks so much like the first Assassin's Creed. Oh, it's 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 the it's the it's the it's the story of um the the assassins who come and 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 teach your character the ways. Okay. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, Oh, it looks it looks pretty dope. I'm not gonna lie. It looks it looks. Oh yeah, because now you're gonna be in the Middle East. You're gonna be. Mirage. Okay. Oh, yeah. It looks nice. Oh, that's fucking. But it doesn't seem like I said. It seems more focused. Like like they weren't touting some big open world. I think we're just gonna get maybe areas like bigger, like like in the first and second. Like Brotherhood. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes, sir. That's that's awesome. One thing I'm happy they did get away from that they went to that pissed me off about Brotherhood and Revelations was the whole. Uh, 
I liked having like like your clan of assassins, and you would go to the towns and raise them, and you would have the you know them help. But then when you had to get into like a city fight, and do, and like you had to control the rooftops, and when people were like firing on just like one area, I'm like, this is the dump. Like you brought in turn based move. This is risk. Like yeah, they were they were trying things on size with with brotherhood and revelations because if you remember with revelations they took out mounts there weren't there weren't horses they added the, the hook blade so you could zip line around which had some dope finishers not gonna lie oh yeah yeah they, they took out horses in revelations yep they made it more more short and focused revelations almost felt like dlc though like, yeah it, it was i don't it, know if it was a full flesh out there it was brotherhood to 1.5 like it was just yeah. the yeah, it was because because you just you did you picked up right where it left off. You were the old Ezio, you know. Yeah, old man Ezio. Now you had a gimp when you ran. Like I felt, I yeah. felt, I after playing all of them, I I definitely felt like like yeah, we've been through that together. You're limping because we we did yeah. this. We jumped off way too many fucking buildings and explored. <laughs> Dude, yeah. You yep. remember remember what remember when we were climbing that clock tower to assassinate that guy, but we jumped off the wrong way because our thumbstick was a little crooked, and then you just landed hard and took your health all the way from full down to one and broke all your armor? Remember when we did that? That's what yep. this is right now. You're paying for your mistake. Now, one thing they did fix was in the first Assassin's Creed, you'd be walking in a crowd and you would accidentally stab someone if your finger got way too close to that button. I accidentally and if you killed a, a civilian uh, Desynchronization. Nope, he didn't kill people like that. It was they started warning you yeah. and doing bro. Like if you kill someone by accident, they'd be like, "Hey, hey, don't do that again." Or we're gonna desynchronize. Not the first one. You would accidentally the the some monk when you're walking by him. The best thing though of all of it, the best I think the best addition, like the biggest uh, jump in X in 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 just everything was. Adding the high jump, the the climbing scale went because like in the first one, man, the climbing was hand, hand, hand. There was no jumping up to grab the high ledge, oh, yeah. and you would be sit there and you go, I know there's a way. And you'd be on a tower forever and just like climbing around side to fucking side. Oh yeah, oh, where is like, the? <sighs> yeah, in the new like Valhalla and Brotherhood and Odyssey, you just push up. He's gonna find a way. Or she's yeah, gonna yeah. Yeah, yeah, push up and hit the run button and you're just scaling, man. Yep. The parkour thing was it was a nice ad uh big for it. Um okay, okay, let's 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 move away from that. Let's go back to uh you. Um So I wanted I want to talk about uh your series, your current writing series you're working on now. Uh you you've been writing it for you said like 10 years or something, right? With the, when you started the first book in the series? actually started writing this in about 20 2009 and 2010 was when i first started writing the first book so it was published in 20 i think november of 2010 was the first time i actually self-published it i think so yeah how one i want to talk about kind of your process and 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 how you formed the story um but first what did you do to self like how did you figure that out in 2010 Okay, um, this, this goes back to just having the 
the the confidence of a wingless baby bird, but um, I didn't think to try and pitch this thing. I was super young. I didn't know how any of that worked. And I was just, I was in the middle of, of Googling at the time, just like if I wanted to contact people, how would I? And um, Kindle Direct Publishing came up. That was, they didn't even offer paperbacks back then. It was a long time. It was very rudimentary. You had to do most of the legwork yourself as far as formatting and all that. Now it's not only do they offer it in paperback and hardback, you literally just like drag and drop a document. They format it themselves uh, for, for Kindle and stuff. It's, it's all automatic. But back then it wasn't. Um, and yeah, I just, I was like, okay, well, I can just self-publish it on Kindle and, and, and maybe uh, it's on the internet. Maybe I can just tell people about yeah. it. Um, instead of trying to go the route of traditional going through a publishing guys. firm and all that stuff. Yeah. And, and it's not, it's not easy. It was daunting, dude. Like, like a, like a publishing house could look at three to 4,000 manuscripts a year and they may pick three, Right. you know, because the publishing world is, is different. And Brandon Sanderson, he's my absolute favorite author of, of all time. Uh, kind of turned the publishing world on its head last year. He did this, this Kickstarter campaign. He basically was saying, I have like six books that are done, okay? I'm going to do a Kickstarter, and, and if I hit a certain amount, I'll just self-publish all of them instead of waiting on this publisher, which the way they do it is kind of like a fast nickel versus a slow dime. You know, you have six books. That means to them, that's like seven to eight years of guaranteed book releases. He bypassed that. I think he broke records. He got like 30 something million in a month. Uh, for, And he is the biggest fantasy author on the planet. Um, Damn. Maybe almost even the biggest author on the planet. Um, but yeah, he, uh, he, he kind of went around and just something that we didn't really know was an issue as far as publishing goes and it's a good thing but it also could be a bad thing because if i did a kickstarter for publishing say i had six books that were done right now i'm not going to get 30 something million dollars he could because he was already yeah the greatest biggest fantasy writer on the planet he had the clout he had the name and recognition so like as far as followers go now i have i have more followers than i think he does in almost every platform youtube <laughs> facebook that's he has crazy a yeah but i don't know if, if i told them hey i have this many books i are are you know and i want to publish them i need this I don't. I wouldn't even come close to what he got, even though I do outnumber him in followers. But no, he, it's amazing. But yeah, I, I started self-publishing because I didn't think there was a snowball's chance ever for traditional publishing. And then after a while, it just kind of got. That was just the way I did this series, you know. And and when I finished the first book, it was um, two days before Thanksgiving. Uh, in 2010, and I was just so excited. I was elated. You know, I finished a fucking book. How, how long did it take you, you know, to? How, how long did it take you to write it? 
Okay. The like first, first one, draft. I mean, I mean, you probably did what two or three yeah, different drafts of it. I did. There were two different drafts. The first draft was about eighty-seven thousand words, which that was about eighty-eight. It actually was. That's not super long. No. That's less than three hundred pages. You know. So that was the first draft, and um, I ended up. I didn't change things story-wise, but a few years down the road, I took away a few things because I wanted to grow up the story a little bit more. I felt my writing had changed. So what we got now is actually about 19,000 words less. It's like 67 or 68 right now. But yeah, my first draft, I finished. It took about two years-ish, maybe a little bit over two years um, to finish it. And and I I was so excited. I was late. I finished the book. I went. I woke up Rochelle. I'm super late. <laughs> I was like, just I finished the book. She's like, that's awesome. I'm going back to bed. Uh, we only had one child at the time. So, um, and I immediately that fucking night I started book two. I just I didn't even know until I was probably about two weeks from finishing the first book. It wasn't supposed to be a series. It was supposed to be just a one and done in, in my mind. You know? Okay, so so um, let, 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 let me pause you. Let me pause you. Um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. When no no no, you're completely fine. You're completely fine. I just I just want to touch on a couple of things before we get too far away from it. Um, okay, mm-hmm. so so you, the first book you wrote in in like you said two two and a half years. Where where did the idea come from? Like how did you was it just like an instant thing? Did you just have it kind of slowly forming that the you know because I I'm. I would call myself an amateur writer. Um, you, you know, I like writing more. Uh, I, I write a lot of skits, uh, a lot like dialogue pieces, short stuff. Um, because I mean, I do audio production stuff. We we turn them into audio. So so we'll do all the voice, the voices, and character acting, and then uh, do all the foley work, the foley work, and mixing for it and stuff, and put out you know little five, ten ones like eighteen minutes long. Um, comedy skits mostly dark dark mm-hmm. humor um awesome yeah yeah it's it's a lot of fun and then uh you know me and a, a buddy of mine he he's uh got a couple books in the work and then he he's also a screenplay writer and and he's written a cup uh, a pretty you know couple really good good shit and um we're working together on a on a screenplay right now um oh, that's awesome. but you know it's so so i kind of have like that big story picture you know three acts let you know kind kind of writing it is how did you where'd the story come from how did you formulate it and then you know like did you have all of it in your head boom this is a story before you started writing or did you like i have such a good intro that the story will build itself as i'm getting it on paper like yeah how, how was your process huh um Every time I have any book idea, and it's been like this whole life, I, um, I'll get a character first in my head. Um, most of the time, I'll have his or her or whatever they are. Uh, it's ranged from guys, gals, robots, fucking uh, liquid eldritch beings that don't have a gender. I've, I've had a lot of characters, but I love that. I'll get a character in my mind first and um, they'll stay up in my mind for a while. And then stories will 
kind of formulate around them. But as you, as you develop like their personalities and their traits and things like that. Yeah. Jericho feels like a a tangible guy. So Jericho was, Jericho was your character. So Jericho was your character. Uh, that, okay, cool. Jericho. I had his mind. I had him or a version of Jericho in my mind since I was maybe 12 or 13. Um, Oh, wow. About the fan fiction days. Now, originally, uh, before I had any story, before I had anything, it was just a character in my mind. Jericho was female. And when I finally started writing, I wrote a good, probably almost a hundred pages. And, and I was, I wasn't even 20, man. I, yeah. I, and in my mind, I just, I was like, I'm not, I feel like I'm going to fuck this up. Like, I, I don't feel like I can write. And if I could write a female character, I might not do it justice. I might just, fuck it up and i'm like i mean i don't i don't know enough about that so i actually swapped his gender half halfway through and and re reset i didn't have to change much um but yeah i had i've had jericho in my mind for a, a long time um and the story originally uh was inspired a little bit uh by hg wells time machine is my absolute <sighs> favorite time travel anything it's so good the the black and white i I even really like the dreamworks one sure uh guy pierce fucking ah his guy pierce irons as the villain was just you had everything and you had guy pierce's eyes like that just all of him being oh yeah no great now what what i loved about time machine was the simplicity of it yeah because because i i feel like a lot of creators be it books directors a lot of people when time travel is involved they either overextend or the entire point is just to break someone's brain or mind fuck the audience which is fine it is time travel but i i loved the simply i i read the first time i read it i was like nine um, and I remember the ending and, and uh, um, just the entire point of it. He wanted an answer. Why can't I save my fiance? And when he finally gets his answer, not only is it 800 and something fucking thousand years into the future, it is the most simplistic answer. And it's something that a genius like him should have fucking thought of. And it literally was just... I mean, you built the time machine because she died. Of course you couldn't use it to save her. And that blew my mind for a lot of ways and reasons because it was time travel and it was just open and shut. It was, it was simplistic. So that's what got me started on. I wanted to write a time travel thing. Um, and it does, I don't know how much you've read, but books two and three and four, they evolve. The it's the first one's just just a time travel romp. Yeah. Um, yeah. Books two and three and four they kind of elevate. I mean, we get like Super Saiyan shit, which I think is great. It's fun, but uh, mainly for most of my stories, be it a character or or whatever setting they're in, my main process is I'm writing the shit that I would I would love to read or, or see. I love in that the movie. That's what I that's what I did with Jericho. That's what I'm doing with. My next projects is just 
I, I look around and I'm like, okay, there isn't anything else quite like this. I think it would be cool. Maybe other people would think it would be cool. So yeah, that's yeah. the process with those. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I resonate with that so much, man. I, I, uh, I've always been attracted to the, uh, the obscure, obscure things, whether I'll be at music, I'll be at literature, I'll be at anything, mm-hmm. you know, uh, my favorite author is Tom Robbins, by the way. Uh, I don't know if you've read, oh, if you've read any Tom Robbins. I think I know you're talking about. Yeah. Did, it's been a minute, but yeah. Still life with woodpecker and, uh, uh, mm-hmm. amongst others. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fantastic, fantastic stuff. Um, but, uh, I always, I, I always liked the obscure, uh, obscure, you know, I read, I read Louis L'Amour. I don't know if you're familiar with Louis L'Amour books. Oh God. Yeah. I used to listen to him on tape, a little dramatized ones on cassette tape. <sighs> Louis L'Amour, Max Brand, all those old Westerns. I love them. It was such, it was such no, good, you know, they were all short reads, uh, uh, uh great storytelling, um, you know, and, uh, character development and, and all of that. And like, it's, uh, I, I always liked that type of storytelling and, and it, there's, there's a lot in your first, I've, I've only read the first book. So, um, there's a lot that reminds me of like that style of, of storytelling. It, it feels like, it feels like you're watching. Wow. It, it it feels like you're 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 watching like God how do I say it it, it, it it's all familiar it it, it feels mm-hmm. it, it it feels familiar to you but you're doing it in a way that feels like people quit doing you're right you're writing yeah. you know you know if you watch. No, if, I get you. if you watch an old 70s or 80s movie when they were really getting like, how artsy can we make this movie and still make it believable? How, how, how much can we really be creative inside the, the lens, you know, the window? And there's some fantastic, when, you know, f- f- like s- some of the best special effects of all time are ones that are handmade. Oh, God. Yes. You know, Don't- don't get me started on spe- – we'll talk about the thing the rest of the session. Right. But what I love about it is it doesn't matter how realistic special effects are. Your human eyes are st- – it doesn't matter how good it looks. Your human eyes are still going to know it's not real. And, and practical effects, it doesn't matter how fake it looks. It's real. Your eye doesn't, doesn't detect that. It doesn't detect that weird – Thing the only CGI I have ever seen in my entire cinephile field life where I did not know it was CGI was Dune, the new one. <sighs> I, I I never forget. I remember what time it was. I'm I love movies. I'm, I'm upset, but watching it with my wife, um, and it was just the way the lighting glared on the foot of a spaceship when it landed and it brought me to tears. I was like, Oh my God, they finally fucking done it. And Michelle was like, what is going on? I'm like, nothing. It's amazing. It's a great movie. Let's keep watching. <laughs> oh, but I agree. Practical effects. Man. You know, I, I absolutely love it. 
and there's there's a style of of fiction writing, narrative fiction writing, science fiction writing that that was it's god i i'm having such a hard time making a good analogy it's 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 like it's like when you think of how uh how like have you ever read any of abraham lincoln's papers his writings i have i've forgotten but no i i don't think so abraham lincoln that he, you can go online and just in the Google machine, and there's a lot of his, a lot of his papers, um, writings and notes and things that he was writing to other senators and things like that that you can read. And his command of language makes me embarrassed to think that I would say I speak English. Yeah. It, it, the way that he could command sentences and use words to perfectly iterate and and like with with that with that level of uh understanding c- comes a a a uh, amount of explanatory power in a, in the fewest amount of words possible and i think oh, yeah. i think as writing has changed the novel world has changed and modern writings modern writer, writers are writing without a command of English like that, the society of writing, the the actual social echoes of writing are moving away. And you're having, you're now seeing like in paragraphs describing a thing Mm -hmm. when one beautiful sentence would have done the same work, you know. Oh yeah, no, I I completely agree, and I know what you're talking about. And I think, and I think that you do that well. well in I, in, I'm also able to get away with a little bit because you're making first person, and the guy's twenty something. He uses made up words. He, no, but but he when you describe, but when you describe what a what a character, when a character is introduced and what they look like, when you just describe what you have sentences and, and, and ways of conveying the imagery that Jericho is seeing that feel like it's the one sentence thought I would think when I look at something, I wouldn't turn and look at this thing for the first time and have a paragraph worth of dialogue running through my head as the first person viewer. My brain would capture it just like my brain would see it. It would be simple and I would understand it completely. And I think that you write your first person narrative much in that style. And I haven't read a lot of modern fantasy science, you know, fiction narratives Mm -hmm. Where they write it, but that's how they used to write it. That's why I, I brought up Louis L'Amour. He would write like that. And and yeah. it, it reminds me of like old school shit. It, 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 you know, it's it's I, pulling really pulling the past up into the future and going, hey, everybody, remember books used to like can be like this too. You know, this is what books wow. can still be like, everybody. Look at. Well, I, I, I have gotten compliment but the answer to that is Jericho thinks the way I think 
and, and if I was in the situations like if I had to regale some of the shit he had seen, that that's the way I would I would do it instead of like you said taking a paragraph to describe something. He's going to liken it to something familiar. Yeah. To to him, you know, and like and, and to catch cadence especially like he'll you know be just it, it it rings true to me so i'm hoping it does with readers but like when he's explaining uh someone's like oh hey jericho and you know it's a villain but he's the way he said his name is like he just bumped into an old buddy outside of a pizza joint or, or something or it's that and also descriptions like he's able to bring in a little pop culture. Yeah. Um, in, in book two, um, he refers to going through like he has, he has this kind of ghost mode. He ends up getting and he can like go through walls and stuff and he uses the term phasing and he stops, which is, uh, another thing. I had one editor, one editor look at the first, uh, uh, Phoenix Cycle book, and he told me the thing that everyone has complimented me on and that they love, which is Jericho breaking the fourth wall and talking to the reader. Yeah. He said that was, he, he said that was terrible. He said it's called, uh, author intrusion and it'll bring them right out of the story. And I was like, well, that's like the book. You know, I can't, I, I don't want to take that out. That, that dude has never read, Jericho. that dude has read, never read one Deadpool comic. I he probably has not. If I had if I had to guess, he probably is not. He was in his late sixties, and that was fifteen years ago. Um, <laughs> Stupid. But yeah, I I didn't want to take it out, but he he uses the term phasing, and he stops and he refers and he's he's like levels with the reader and he's like, look, I I know everything you've ever read about this has called it phasing. But I'm too lazy, and I'm not. I'm not going to come up with another word for it. it I'm just going to call it phasing. <laughs> so for the rest of the book, he he says phasing. Um, and and um, him skipping chapter fifteen. I don't even know where that came from, man. Like it was. I, I I'm a pantser, okay. Um, if, if you if you know what that is, or, or for baby people who hear this who don't, it's you don't really have a synopsis. For your work you know how it's going to start and you know how it's going to end but everything in between is quite literally shot from the hip um there are very famous like uh, george r, r. martin Stephen yeah. king they do this and it makes in one in one way i'm like oh cool i write like stephen king but stephen king is hit or miss with his endings and it may or may not be because he doesn't have a synopsis, whereas someone like Sanderson, his synopsis is probably longer than my entire books. Uh, so, I mean, he's not a pansy, yeah. though. He is what we call a planter. He knows every word that's going to be written. I don't. My characters will just randomly do yeah. shit. Some of them are, are loose cannons. Jericho, I, I'm really good head. He's the only first person narration we really have throughout the series. So, so I kind of, I kind of know the direction he's going to go. Can I ask um, a clarifying yeah. question? When you said oh, some okay. of my characters are loose cannons, when you say that, are you literally saying that when you're writing and be becoming these characters, your brain will unexpectedly do things that if you were sitting there kind of 
checking in on your work, you'd be like, why did that happen? Do you? Now, uh, I, I told you it took me two and a half years to write book one. Yeah. Okay. Book two, which I started the same night I finished book one is quite, it's exactly almost double in length. It is like, I think the first one's 222. This one's like 443 or 44. It took me 10 months to write book two. It, I, it felt like it was writing itself. Like I would, I would like read the next day to, to see what had even happened. It was just, it was like a fever dream. How, um, how long do you give yourself to sit down and write for at a time? Uh, it really depends on where I'm at. Um, on the rig, I can get between two to three hours a night. And um, it, it's pretty productive on the rig. When I'm home, it's kind of when I have time. It's not as easy to write when I'm home. But uh, I, I, I used to not be able to make time. But now, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little bit different now. Yeah. People are uh, expecting it and they're actually reading, which is really saying something. Uh, but yeah, between two and three when I'm on the rig. Wow. Yeah. Good. I'm hearing, a, I'm hearing myself echo just a little bit. That's not echoing on your end, right? You okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. I, I, th- this, it happens sometimes. Like I said, it's, it's the weirdness of this. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm. I don't get cool. ev- any of it ever on my side. It's just always on the fucking other person. Okay. I hate as long it. as it's not not bothering you, but but yeah, I'm uh, I I I'm the pantser. Shoot from the hip. Loose cannons is right. Um, there's a couple. Beck especially. Um, she's a bigger character later on. Uh, her and Sam, who who's another character in book two and forward like any given moment, just the things they said to the things they did would just kind of happen in the moment. So, so, and, and so although you're not planning the story out narrative, like, like sequentially you are like, it sounds like you, you probably put a lot of time into every character. So you'll think of like Jericho and then you'll, would do, do you just like imagine someone he will come in contact with and then you spend time on that person and like develop that character? Like, yeah, yeah the, most of my works are very, very character driven. Um, do you write down stuff yeah. about them or do you keep it all in your head and just now and then pretty soon you have eight, 10, 12 characters <laughs> all, all alive and um, like in your like, how do you track it? Uh, um, in the Phoenix cycle. Um, there was just, I was kind of familiar with them. So they were in my head, especially now. Um, and there hasn't been many additions as far as other characters I had to juggle, you know? Okay, cool. Um, but my dark fantasy, which I'm going to start as soon as I'm done with Phoenix cycle, I did character breakdowns on that. Um, partly because. I thought it was important for this this particular story, and also it's a heist. It's a heist book, and I wanted that kind of Guy Ritchie mm. freeze frame. Their names flashes up here. Uh, Kage, the Shadow Mage, um, and then <sighs> a little it. bit of 
the Shadow Mage. And that's funny you said that because Kage actually has, uh, I think, eight, eight different uh, entities that live in his mind and talk all the time. He's a, he's my he's my uh, allegory for mental health awareness. He's one of my favorite characters I've ever created. But yeah, he's I'm really excited. But this is so character driven. Like it makes Jericho look pretty. And this is not first person. This is all each chapter is a different POV. Oh, I love that. And they're they're shooting like there's been entire fight. There's been characters that have died. I did not know where to talk. It just kind of rolled out. It came to that inevitable conclusion. Yeah. It, the story did it, what it did. I love that. I love that. Um, uh, so, um, you had said, you had said earlier that you're, uh, you're often far too hard on yourself. Do you find, uh, what, what parts about your creative process do you beat yourself up about? Like, like, do you, Um, like, the writing, what the people will think, um, uh, what, like, uh, is it imposter syndrome? Uh, a lot of that, a lot of imposter syndrome, uh, mainly because I know it's not, it's not lost on me that I'm incredibly lucky, you know, that, and, but because I am lucky, I know that in, the writing community in, in, in book talk, especially there are writers that are just infinitely better than I am. I, um, I, I got a book, uh, I cannot remember the name of it now, but, uh, it was just a video. One of my followers had, had was talking about, she wrote a book and she just gave a quick pitch and it kind of reminded me of like, uh, like a, she said a seamstress on a spaceship that was all i needed i was like okay so i bought the book it came in i was excited and i read like a chapter and that was all that was all it took i mean it was i feel like it was better than anything i have written up until this point but i also have thousands hundreds of thousands of people telling me it's good i love it keep it coming but there's still a part of me that feels like this person who wrote about a seamstress on a spaceship i i, I don't think she has maybe i don't even know if she has two thousand followers and this book is it's gorgeous too the, the cover art the, the formatting inside just the the start of each chapter is immaculate um, and then I lumber in there with my self-published, very, very little bit edited, but nothing professional, and thousands and thousands of copies sold. And yeah, most of it's imposter syndrome. There's a part of me that feels like maybe I just got a big break. I mean, I wrote this at over. 13-ish years ago. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's better than I thought because no one had read it before now. But I don't know. Tell what? you what, uh, when my Lexa, when my Lexapro kicks in, I'll, I'll, I'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, fuck. 
Yeah, yeah, I totally get that. Well, you know, it's it it's it's these stories. Um, you know, I I feel. I mean, man, if that isn't identical to a, a small music artist, man, just sitting here making a bunch of music that is in your heart that has to come out, or you'll die if it doesn't get out. And yeah. you spend months on four minutes of audio, and three people hear it, and you know it gets shared a little bit or whatever and then um you know one thumbs up and you're like well at least my heart yep. isn't holding that weight anymore but fuck incoming got got to keep fucking going and and then you sit there and go you know <laughs> it's it's the same thing you know thousands of musicians and bass players that you go out there and you watch you scroll through tiktok and there's some fucking kid and he just and you're like oh my god i look at my bases all the time i go i'm i guess i'm i got band practice tomorrow night but i guess i'm fucking uh done now <laughs> you know um yeah and the, it, it, it's it's that same shit you know I, I i always have to try and tell myself like it's there are I, I I try and like pull the view from like my my first person because because I'm I'm super self critical I I am the most uncharitable person to myself in my own voice like all, all of the time I I'm just terribly self critical um, and and so I've been trying to like okay I, hey you should probably work on like saying nice things to yourself. Um, you know, if, if you have a hard time seeing it from another view, maybe that's because you're not changing your view, um, you know, things like that. And so I try to like pull way back and go like, there's eight fucking billion people on the planet, like eight right. billion and change. B -b 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 like you can't that's a number bigger than almost anybody can actually fathom in quantity to 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 think about you know um and everyone likes something fucking different everyone likes something fucking yeah. different take take any of your favorite artists musicians writers who were at the time doing something that was so out of convention or just lost to the whim, and then posthumously they become famous because people are like, "Oh shit, this was good. Where is this guy? Oh, he died thirty fucking years ago. Well, yeah. I, I'm glad we got this. Now let's see what else. Oh my god, he wrote all. You know, Lovecraft. He he was he was like forty six, forty seven. I want to say when he died, and and he had writings, but his friends. Basically, after he passed, were the one. I mean, he was like in Penny Dreadfuls, yeah, like little dime and stuff. But he wasn't a fall of cosmic horror back then. That didn't happen until he died. Um, that when you were mentioning that about the simplistic description, I thought of Lovecraft because he he was able to describe things that. In his own writing and description, he would say was undescribable, but he would still give a crystal clear image. We all knew what Cthulhu looked like. Yes. Immediately. Yes. Even though in the writing, 
it was beyond it was beyond human comprehension and he didn't spend pages describing Cthulhu nope he likened it to things we would reckon and if you look back at some of his early stuff he wrote hundreds of thousands of letters in his life and that actually gave us more insight into his brain than his actual writing yeah but the reason he used an octopus for Cthulhu's face was he believed out of every creature on the planet, there wasn't anything like an octopus. It was the most alien thing on the planet. And let's just slap it on this thing's face. I, 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 I love that. Yeah. And, and, and like the, the, the insight and profound truth in that is, uh, still like that to this day, man, there's, I mean, octopuses are the coolest fucking things ever. Yeah. I, 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 I still look pretty crazy. <laughs> I, you know, I, I wish I had a brain in every arm as well. Why, why, yeah. if from, from the almighty powers of the grand designer who made everything perfect, you know, our teeth don't decay, our eyes don't go bad, nothing like that. Why, though? Do we have such stupid hands like our hands for the for the, the the technicality of what our lives required are so just dumb they're they're dumb you you could it's about time for another dose of darwin you could have another arm or better hands to just put brains down there let 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 the one thing that's also keeping my heart beating and my lungs breathing and everything else going and like making sure I'm not getting hit or crushed or you know everything else that is fucking happening it also has to think about what these noodly things are fucking doing all the time there's there is no reason why we should stub our toes I, yeah our, what we do our feet should know that we our brain shouldn't have to constantly think about the fucking table leg. That that table hasn't moved in fourteen months. <laughs> the only time it moves is when you kick it with your goddamn foot. It's it's the worst, man. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that octopus, man. They're they're fucking awesome. Um, and yeah, and they have a uh, their eyes are on uh an entirely different different evolutionary chain than than mammal eyes so the eyes of mammals our photoreceptors evolved independently from the photoreceptors of the seropods octopuses complete but yet they both do the same function but they completely different chains of evolution that's badass i fucking love it i didn't i didn't even know that yeah, it's actually over uh, eight times. Eight there are there are eight different eyes, eight different evolved eyes that we now find today that started independently from each other. They all didn't start from the same thing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fucking it's wild. I I so I like to do I I I like to do this thing where I like I try to go back and think of firsts, like. Like one I came up with, I'm not going to spend much time on it because I've already beat it to death in the last episode. But um, 
the first guy ever to wear sunglasses? Ever? The very first, only normal glasses existed. And then one guy's like, hey, we can make dark glass and we have these fucking frames. Why don't I put them together, walk around? He was, he was the coolest person wherever he was in, on the entire planet. No, the, the only human in existence at that time doesn't matter when it is with sunglasses. The only one human at one time. It, That's amazing. Have you, have you seen Ryan George before? He, he, he was on YouTube a long time before. Ryan before George. TikTok, but Ryan George is his name and he does comedy skits and most of his skits are the first person to do something like and it's always something all like the first person uh to do a like a buffet the first person to swim the first person and it's always really goofy but like it, like it's amazing oh. the way he does it and these different characters like the buffet was good guy pulls up in the car and he's like i want some of that food and the guy's like okay well like no it was first guy to drive through oh that's for- what it was it was the first guy to go to death and the guy's like, well, come in and get it. He goes, I don't want to do that. And he's like, just bring it out to me. He's like, I'm not going to bring it out to you. And he's like, just come on. He goes, I don't want people to see me. He goes, I'll just drive around back. You can like pass it out the door. And he's like, we don't have a door. He's like, well, just cut a hole in the wall. <laughs> it was, he's brilliant. You, you should check him out. I, George. I now though would like to like the first, but the first person to ever buffet is also another good one. Like go way back. It, you, I mean, you have to go. Uh, it, it. I mean, I, I guarantee a Neanderthal buffeted. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like they they had three different animals that that afternoon on the kill, and plus there was a great day of foraging. They they went over the rise that they that they hadn't uh, gone over yet. Uh, maybe they've been only there a season or two, and they found like fresh potatoes and like things, natural potatoes, maybe some herbs. And they came back and they had some zest in their food. So, and then they laid it all out, and a guy stumbles forward because it's always the guy that eats first. Um, and uh, he had a also if you want to get forage, they didn't go. First. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, of course. The hierarchy was still fucked. Back then. Yeah, he he. He had to have at least like two scars on his face, you know, uh, uh, and still have all of his fingers like that, that guy, that guy that had multiple face scars, but still had every appendage left. You know, he was like, he was like, he was like the old guy in the clan. He was 23. Uh, (laughs) I've been around, I've been around for, you know, 170 moons and it's like, you know, that's only like 18 years or whatever it is. Uh, uh, yeah. And then he just got to walk and he had like a little, probably I would say a, 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 just a piece of like tree bark that, that had been ate dry sun aged for a while, gotten wet a few times and many other meals had been eaten out of this piece of tree bark. And, uh, he walked and just scooped a little of every one. Sat down. That sounds good to me. And then he and then he decreed upon that day. I call this buffet. <laughs> you know, in in English and everything. Oh, I guess it's French. A buffet is French. Yeah. <laughs> but like, what? Why are you getting a little bit of everything? <laughs> I don't know. What if I don't? What if I don't like this? But I like this. Okay. <laughs> Which is what I do at every Chinese buffet. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, I got one even better. 
the the first person to go, I don't want any of my foods to touch on this plate. <laughs> that the very first yeah. person ever to do that because there was a time when that would never even be a consi- my foods touching. Yeah, I don't like I don't like yeah. the 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 texture difference between this ground root and uh this this you know elk gizzard yeah i i if there was ever a trait that i really wish wouldn't have survived it was that my my 10 year old not only does not like her food to touch not like to use the same fork for so like if she has mashed potatoes and macaroni on her plate not only can they not touch she will not use the same fork for both of them so i don't know what neanderthal was responsible for that shit but if they were around i i would like to slap them. <laughs> i i actually i i would i would actually it's probably much further into the future it was probably some staunchy catholic priest back in like the second century who just had way too many illegitimate children uh and and uh it was probably that asshole who was like just pious enough that he's like my food shall not touch it is the holiest way to eat and and i mean that was probably just some douchebag like that it was a white guy it wasn't anybody else it was uh, it, was, it was definitely a white guy. <laughs> yeah, it was the first one ever to do it. Was definitely a white guy. He, yeah, I don't know. know where it was at. He was white in color. That's sure. That's it. Um, um, that's that's wild. Yeah, I I always from from an I I had I remember having friends that had weird stuff about food touching, and I'm like, you understand as soon as you take a bite of that and a bite of that, and it's in there, they're touching, yeah. right? Like as soon as yeah. they they're touching. We, we, I've tried that on my kid. It didn't work. Um, but I also, they should I, I do this thing. They that should do that. Bothers everyone where I make sandwiches out of my food. It's not like at the dinner table. It's like later, but I will make leftover sandwiches, mayonnaise, mashed potatoes and fried chicken sandwich. Fuck. Yeah. I've done it my whole life. Why I've, not? I've made chow mein sandwiches. Me too. There it is. I'm tortilla. I've dropped chow mein in tortilla before. Oh, I'm not gonna. Yeah, well, that's the that's the to go sandwich. Oh yeah, that's that's all tortillas. This is the to go sandwich. They said I want a sandwich I can put in my pocket and get out without it messing up. That's where the tortilla. Well, you know, another another really real real thing was like, yeah, sliced bread is cool, but. The hoagie is really the superior method because of the hinge. You don't have any slide apart of the two pieces of bread. And, and, yes. you know, the burger, the, 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 my, my least favorite of all, sa- I, I'm a sandwich guy. Like I said, I made a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and I stacked that jelly on thick. Well, I guess it was not jelly. I have to be, it was a raspberry and jam, uh, because I oh, like, fancy. I like the seeds in it. Nice. Creamy peanut butter. I like, the way, I like the way jam spreads better than jelly, if I'm being honest. J- jelly's just clumpy. It's just a little... Right. You know, um, now I understand some people with texture issues. Again, you want just soft bread, creamy peanut butter, no seeds. Uh, I, 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 I like it. Give me... give me. Uh, I, heard, I heard it called this, uh, berry carcasses. <laughs> I've never heard it called that before. Yeah, yeah. I, why would I... Why, I 
Oh, sorry. What? I don't like pulp in my. I don't like pulp in my orange juice. Like can't can't stand it. Even, I, I, I hate it. Even if it's hand squeezed. Even if it's hand squeezed, ah. I don't want pulp. It was it was Gary Goldman is my favorite comedian of all time. He's I love Gary Goldman. <laughs> He's like our generation took one sip and they were like, "Oh, what is that? Is that pulp? There's orange in my orange juice. Fix it now!" <laughs> and Tropicana rolled right over, and they're like, "Okay, the pulp is gone. Are you happy?" And we were like, "Well, can you leave some? Yeah, a, a, a dash of pulp, a pinch of pulp." I don't know. Yeah, when, I, don't, I don't like pulp in my, my juice. I, I, I have to have some pulp because my brain does this thing where if it's uh you know, I'm a sink juice kid forever. I just tap water right into my face. Um right. and uh and if if orange juice or apple juice is like on the verge, my brain goes, Hey, this is just water not juice. And then I will just chug, 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 and finish it in one thing and then go, oh, I need more water, but it's juice. And then I find myself drink. If it has pulp in it, my brain goes, oh, this is fruit. And then I, I will treat that glass responsibly and like drink the one, you know, you know, the, (laughs) I mean, our, our, you know, it, that's the that's the trick that fruit juices play, man. Is is back in the back? I always think back in the day because I because because I have this one of my hangups about humans right now is like our society evolved incredibly fast to what our brains were meant to do. Our brains are the same brains we had a hundred thousand years ago. They were perfect for that environment. They were perfect even for light agriculture, some hunter-gatherer tribal shit. Let's stick together and make small... Like, our brains are perfectly suited for that. And then we ask it to do all of this all the time. And it's like, hey, man, I'm used to, like, making sure the fire doesn't go out and predators don't eat us. I have nothing left to do, next to do for the next 12 hours other than make sure this fucking fire doesn't go out. Maybe I'll stare at the stars for a while. And then what was that noise? Like that, that's our, that is all we should be doing. You know, let the really, really gifted one of our small tribes sit there and keep records. Like let that, the bard, there's gotta be a bard, but you know, the, 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 the natural, those people let them exist. You know, don't ask us to like worry about taxes yeah, and two two TikTok account work and write books. What the fuck are you thinking? And remember <laughs> how to drive. Remember where buildings are located. Remember who you met last time. And oh, I, that guy's face is from like, like it is. So back in the day, like we were lucky when we stumbled upon some fruit. Mm-hmm. Our bodies and everything is like, ooh, a little bit of sweetness and glucose and it tricks us. Now we can take 30 oranges at one time if we want and just pound 30 oranges in our face. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and our body's just like, it's the same bodies, it's the same brains as those fucking Neanderthals that invented buffets. And um, yeah, I think about that a lot. I have to keep, you know, we got to, we got to be careful. I I think about when you talk about back in the day, I think about like our generation is just 
like our parents were raised a certain way and before our parents every other generation in our family was raised to exist in a world that did not really change until the internet which was our generation everyone before our parents being raised by someone who was born in like 1909 yeah was fine the biggest advancement they got was the radio the phone in the 80s yeah the cord was falling in the 80s. That was it um, until the internet rolled around. And the thing was, our parents raised us the way their parents raised them, which was 1909 shit. And then we got older and they released us in a world where absolutely fucking nothing that they told us, not only does it not not apply to anything, it's, it's not relevant. It, it doesn't, it, none of it. Oh. Well, I feel like our generation is just fucking having to figure out everything. You know, used to, you could go home after school uh, or after work even, and, and that was your place. Yeah. You didn't have to worry about people. You didn't have to worry about peer pressure. And then internet came out, computers came out, and that changed a little bit. And yeah. then maybe a decade and a half later, we got these little jewels. And, and we carry them around in, in our pocket and everything is it's like everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. And, and we have to exist in the real world right. and in the virtual world. And, and there's no relief. Yeah. I, I want to say like TikTok before January 1st was where I went to decompress. It was, it's, the algorithm was, was perfect. It's just, you scroll, you like a funny dance video or a cat video or some faceless person cooking food in the woods, you know, and you just kept doing that and you could relax. It's not, it's not relaxing for me anymore. Every time I touch my phone now, if I'm not talking to my wife, I feel like if I go to TikTok and I just doom scroll, I feel like I'm just not doing my job because that's what TikTok feels like now is, is a job. Okay. And I signed up for that. I understand <laughs> it's big. It, it happened. But TikTok was the time that that started happening with people. Right. After the internet came around, we just, it was like peer pressure all the time. There wasn't no, in my brain, there wasn't a, a decompressed stage. So when I've put my phone face down and I'm talking to you this whole time, I feel like I almost feel like I'm at work and I am hiding in a back room somewhere, not doing work. Whoa. Every time my phone, when I'm driving and I'm just listening to music on my phone, I, I feel like I'm fucking off. Like, I feel like I'm getting away with something. If I, if I just look at my email on my phone and I'm not having to mess with Instagram, social media, TikTok, I, I feel that way. I feel like I'm at work at all times, but I'm getting away with something. I feel like the boss maybe isn't looking or, or I'm just, uh, on the road or, or like in the back room and it can get exhausting. So let me ask like, you, let me ask you. Really exhausting. So you said, 
the 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 big thing is, man. Um, we have to do. We have to do what makes us happy first. That's. I mean, that's that's the 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 bottom line. There is, yeah. you know, um, there's there's no replacement for that. And I wonder. You, you said something that caught my ear, and I wonder. You said, well, yeah, I mean, and, you know, this is what happened. And you also said you chose it. And if, if you, it, it sounds like you're like, it's, it's, ha- you chose it, but it's happening to you. And I'm wondering, you, you may have chose to do that TikTok thing, but it didn't mean that you signed on for the feeling you're feeling. You know, they're not the same thing. So are you happy doing it? Are you happy doing it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm going to be nervous no matter what I'm doing, I'm sure. Um, But I get get message requests and and DMs on on TikTok and and on Instagram and stuff, on the Turnaround Allen stuff especially. And the majority of them are just random people thanking me for turnaround Alan, thanking just for their, you know, just, I'm not going to say testimonials that, that I don't like the sound of that, but it's, it's so many different people have just randomly reached out to say the effect, the impact that it just, it gets them through the work week. Um, it has got them through hard times, surgery, family members have, have, have passed away and they've all reached out to say the impact that turnaround Allen has just goofy coworkers, (laughs) nothing. We're not dancing. We're not, we're not doing. Allen dances sometimes. Allen dances now sometimes. He does. He can cut, he can cut a rug. Um, but yeah, it's, when moments like that, it it definitely made me reevaluate um, what what was happening, and yeah. and instead I started looking at it a little bit more serious. And I mean, I don't, I don't, I am happy doing it. I feel like um, as, as, I mean, I'm writing again. I yeah. literally wanted to write and have people read my work. I, I assumed I did anyway. Um, for pretty much my whole life, and and turn around, Alan made that possible. So I can I can deal with stress. I'm quite literally living my actual dream. Yeah. Um, and well, 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 people don't have a chance to do that sometimes. No, they don't. No, they don't. And and that's part of the thing. It's like you know, uh, I, I'm a big fan of Burt Kreischer, and he's 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 he says. He, he's a comedian and that's who he is, but he says some insightful things sometimes. And one thing he says um, is, you know, when, when you actually become a fan of somebody, it, it changes because you're now on their team. And, and when they win, you win because you chose them. You could have chosen anybody to be on their team, but you chose that person and you signed up for their success or their failures. And so when they win, you win too. And, and I'm like, yeah, it only takes one person for that to be true. 
It only takes one person to sign up on your team and be there for you when you win because they'll win too, you know? And I I, like that is just such a profound like mission statement for for creating and and putting stuff out there. And and I would say um, as far as the the feeling like you're at work but getting away with something um, sounds like you've you've kind of contextualized in your head that there is a like like maybe maybe like a, a standard of how one ought to operate to be in this thing it's artificial it doesn't exist there's no real world example of that that threshold but you've it's set just high enough that no matter what you do you're below that threshold right um and and you know and and it doesn't exist it's 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 a fake thing our brain does to to fuck with us and and make us feel bad about ourselves but um i would i would say try looking at your phone or thinking about your job um and really recognize that you're the boss that you're hiding from like you're yeah you know you are the boss you 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 have the the fortunate thing to own all the stocks and uh, uh you you own the entire company it's completely private uh and because you own it and you run it you can just say hey vacation time is any time like <laughs> take a break vacation time is any time that song that you're listening to on the radio is just as important to you as the job if you don't get that moment of that song you can't do your job as good you know that makes sense we, we yeah yeah we like we that part of us that needs to output has to intake to stay full. It's calories in, calories out. And unfortunately for us, the calories in is art. It's other books. It's music. It's it's things that feed the happy, creative part of our brains. They starve too. And if we don't allow ourselves to just turn off the go button and then turn on the in button, like the out button and the in button. And, and I imagine it's like a clock on a chess board when they're playing speed chess and the other side stops up and stops that clock and, and stops that clock. And you want the clocks to be fairly the same as they run. And if this one's down too long, that clock will run out. And this one was never pressed and you're still full of time, but you get both sides of the board. You know, yeah, I struggle with it too, man. I, 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 I do. I struggle with it too. If I'm not sitting here, uh, writing a skit or recording vocals for this thing or editing a video for this thing or, or, or doing or, or practicing songs for my band or just practicing my bass that's not tied to any other project I'm working on or, or what, you know, if I'm not doing something, I come home and I will, I will, I, I'll sit there and play with our dog. And in the back of my brain, you're going, you could be uh, working on that bass riff from band practice last night right now. You know? Yeah. 
and try and play try and play a video game catch up on a show you know how the editing right now you should be you know how many times notifications right now i have i have uh like a little video game section set up in this little corner right here with uh uh, an original wii my 360 and an xbox one back here and i have what yeah well yeah so i got those three back here and then out front i got my snes my n64 uh, and, and, and one of the modern condensed, like small version NESs, um, that's loaded with like 200 games. Uh, yeah, a couple different gaming sections, but I will come in here and sit down and go, all right, I'm not turning on this computer. I'm turning on my TV and I'm going to face away from my fucking st- and just, just game. And I will sit here and get into something as I'm like waiting for a game to load. And then it'll go to the thing and oh you haven't touched your controller in a while are you are you still here oh shutting off and fire and i'll run through my entire fucking on cycle of my gaming thing because i won't allow myself to just pick up a controller and hit that fucking button you know but but once you do that moment and i know you know this that moment you allow yourself to you get that two or three hours of reprieve where your brain shuts off for a second for that. And, and it allows you, I feel like that's when you've stayed, when you've had too many long nights in a row and you've got your, you feel just fine four or five days into four hours of sleep every night. And you've just been pushing candles, both ends, And then you'll be sitting there waiting for food to come and you're on the couch. And then the next thing, you know, an hour and a half went by and you were just asleep and your, your partner didn't, wake you because they're like you needed it you know it's it's that's like my i feel like our brain sometimes like hey fine i i've got i've i've deprived you long enough even camels run out of fucking water you need this and it'll it'll let you fucking go and i i think we're more in control of that than we allow ourselves to be you know we're like there's there's not a force field to that other button on the clock on the chess clock. I I can just push it myself, but for some reason we convince ourselves you can't reach. I don't know what it is, man. Yeah, it's I've I've been working on it the last year especially just uh coming to terms with things, mental health stuff, and <sighs> just trying to work work on everything. Um I kind of thought I would have had it all figured out before uh, TikTok happens, but um, I think it's working out well, so far. Well, you know, um, it, it's funny to hear you say <laughs> that's one thing I've un- been unpacking is that feeling that I ought have it all worked out by now. Like, like, yeah. like, wait, there's there's stuff from a long time ago you still haven't fucking dealt with yet, and then and then something will fucking. You know Something will happen, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Oh fuck, that's that's still there." Like, mm-hmm. like what? Yeah, no, I um, no one knows. There's not one person ever who, at that time, even if they say, "I got it all figured out right now," that is actually right about it. Yeah, it's never happened. You know, and I I have to like keep reiterating that myself. Like, it's it has to be a constant feedback loop. Like, hey man, no one's done this. 
and and like no one's come to this the very first time it's happened and known what to do. Yeah. You know, even a fucking F trained fucking fighter pilot, they can train for hundreds and thousands of hours, but the first time an enemy actually shoots their engine and it bursts into a fireball and they have one th- like that for he doesn't know all that training out the fucking window. He's shitting his pants. He's, oh God, I'm out of control. Where's the fucking handle eject button? Like, it it doesn't, it, you know. Yeah, it's, it's like that on the, it's like that on the rig. We, we do like weekly drills and stuff for like abandonment and fires. And like, if there ever actually is an alarm, like in the middle of the night or a fire, like it's, it seems like, all that training and stuff that we've been doing, like some of us can keep our, like our heads, like yeah. me or Alan who have actual active roles, but the people whose job it is just to like muster. No, no. When an actual emergency happens, it can be dangerous because they do not react the way that they probably should. So yeah, that's yeah, awesome. I feel that for sure. I've seen it firsthand. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky. I've, I've, I, uh, I, I call myself lucky in this and you'll know what I mean. I, I've only ever done one hitch on a platform on a rig up in, Ooh. in Alaska. I work for the oil field in Alaska. Uh, and, and, oh, so, nice. and, uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, spent a bunch, you know, bunch of time in Prudhoe and, and all over the place up there, but, but only, only ever had to go out on one, uh, one, one platform down in the cook inlet, uh, one one two week hitch. I was a painter, industrial painter. So we had to go out and nice. one of the prep boys, you know. So 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 yeah. But but it's uh it's it's like it's imagine it's what I imagine ever having been on one like what work living on a submarine would work would feel like. It, it is a lot like that. Uh, I can feel it anyway. Um, yeah, I guess depending on where you work. If you're up in the derricks, it's a little different, but yeah. Or a crane operator who has to deal with boats all the time, but Ugh. you can still get cabin fever. Like it's a thing. How how, how long have not... you been? How long have you been out there doing it? Uh, I have been off and on in the oil field since late 2017. Uh, been on been onshore, offshore. This rig I've been on for about two years now, and um, the longest I've ever actually stayed on a rig at one time was about seven weeks. But it was like a mistake, and we had, like, it was close to us when we should have left, but we ended up towing the rig down to Mexico, so we were already there almost four weeks. Then it took us another three weeks of just pulled by tugboat yeah it was a nightmare i was ready to go oh man you've been you've been on a rig during a rig move that's fucking awesome it 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 can be just uh, just to say you've done it oh oh yeah yeah Yeah. daily operations are a nightmare of course but but the event in itself is pretty fucking cool oh yeah i've done it several times actually but yeah was that the was that the farthest haul yeah we were like right underneath Louisiana, like literally we could see shore up at the top of the Gulf. And they pulled us straight down and we could see the shore at the bottom of the Gulf. It took like 21 days. Holy fuck. Now, but we were pulled by three tugboats. When you go like overseas to Trinidad um, or further than that, 
they'll put you on like a barge, like the ones that sink. Oh yeah. They go under you, pick you up. Yeah, but no, this one we were like surfing down. <laughs> um, oh, farm stat. There are still pirates down there. <laughs> yes, we we had a couple of them try and board, maybe about a year ago. Board the yeah. the 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 uh, rig. The platform. Yeah, we have we have drills for them, um, but like in the Gulf up top, the America side. Coast Guard rules and all that, like vessels can't. I think it's like 200 yards. They can't get within our rig. Down there, they they'll tie off to one of our legs and just fish. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was like really early one night, and we're in a jack up, so we're we're above the platform, and they got on the. They couldn't because it was the gate was like locked. And they tried to get through it. Um, it was like five or six of them. Uh, shot, they were shooting at it and stuff with a gun. Um, Fuck. One of our crane operators <laughs> grabbed like a fucking eight or ten pound shackle. And he just, he was telling his people to leave. He just threw it over the railing. Fell like a hundred and something foot. And hit one of them. Like superhero, like got him somewhere in the shoulder. I don't, I don't know what happened to the dude, but they like had to drag him back into their boat. Yeah, that's 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 back. that's serious fucking damage. Yeah. It was like, yeah, it was a long drop too. <sighs> it was like blind because he wasn't like looking, aiming. He was just like run, and yeah, he got one of them. It, it would have been bad too if they were down there. Primarily, what they are after is our food, though. Yeah. So much food. Um, there has been stories in the area of them like boarding and then telling a company man, con- contact your people and have them give us money. Uh, and if they, they have enough know how, they don't have to kidnap people, they don't have to threaten people. They just have to stop the work. Yeah. Because if we are on downtime, we are losing my company and the other company millions a day. Yep. So there has been successful pirates who were fucking wired money because (sighs) it was cheaper to pay off pirates than to try and figure out a way to... uh, get production back going. Yeah, it was it, it's nuts, man. It's absolutely bonkers. That happens. I'm telling you. That uh, is that is a type of life that I don't know I couldn't even begin to fathom fathom that what what living that is like from the pirate side. I can't either. I've thought about it. Like like, like I've been every with- time something happens like that my brain is like that'd be a cool movie <laughs> or a book or something and but i couldn't even comprehend like, like part of me wants to think like like we've all been with friends in high school one of your buddies has a car and you're all in his car and trying to figure out what the best thing to do with yourselves is 
and the amount the amount of like reasoning and logic that is wrong but you convince yourselves you should do and i i just imagine these meetings are like they're standing by their boat they're like well what the fuck are we gonna do tonight i don't know it's there's a platform out there. I bet we can get money from them. Yeah, that sounds like a fucking great idea. Well, how are we going to do it? Do they have security? I don't, I don't fucking like. Let's just <laughs> fucking go. Like, you know, hope they don't throw shackles at us. I the, know. The, 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 and for that to be like the real thing is like for, for that to be the, the thing that you do. Because you need the money. Mm-hmm. You know, like what life needs to be like for that to be like a, a great business venture. Yeah, or to know it would work. That's what that's what baffles me about. Oh, great that. point. Like they had to have enough knowledge to know all they had to do was stop work. And, and that would be enough to possibly work. And it did. But... On land, the city we're closer to is not the the best. Like we almost didn't get to fly home a couple of months back when uh, Chapo's son was arrested. Yeah, half of Mexico was on fire. People just like burning cars in the street. Uh, planes were grounded. They wouldn't let them take off and stuff. So. Uh, by the time we were about to go, three or four days later, it had kind of calmed down at our airport anyway. <laughs> so you know, it, was, it got pretty crazy there for a minute. Damn. That's yeah. that's wild, man. Don't <laughs> he he didn't like his son being ready. <laughs> no, no, that's not that's not good. <laughs> Um, well, hey, I don't want to keep you too much longer, man. I, I really appreciate you lending me some of your time. Sorry to uh, keep you away from the boss. You know, I know he's out looking from you, looking for you. Uh, yeah, no problem. So, so at least a, at least you found this. this at least you found this paper closet back here to to hide from him for a while. Um, you're a you're yeah. a you're a. I, I love your personality, man. Uh, I knew you were just you were good people. I could tell by the way you conduct yourself on your videos and. Uh, your YouTube and, and stuff like that. Um, uh, I would, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to throw this out there now. If you ever want to uh, make a song and, and uh, do something, hit me up. Cause I'm, I'm always into producing music. So if you have some ideas and, you know, want some instrumentation behind it or something like that, let me know, man, we can, we can work on something. Um, yeah, and then uh, go ahead, wh- wh- plug yourself. Where can where can people find you? What uh, give them the so that you send them to where they can go buy your books? Um, okay, give up. Um, yeah, right now Amazon is the place where you can find most of my stuff. And they're they're the Phoenix Cycle, right? Or Phoenix just Phoenix Cycle? cycle. Yeah. just Phoenix Cycle. Uh, Phoenix, the Phoenix. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, John G. Doyle on there. Um, all the, the series are linked together, so if you find one, you can find them all. Um, the first one is on Audible right now, finally, and the second congratulations one is submitted. Thank you. I, that's it's been an experience w- working with him has just been amazing. I loved it. Pe- I know people were upset that it wasn't me, but I'm like this. 
redneck dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, sure, I can get his cadence, but I needed someone else. Um, but yeah, he, he did really, really good. And, um, second book should be out on Audible, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. So that's awesome, yeah, man. And he's, he's immediately rolling into book three as well. So, Oof. yeah. And, um, yep. So I'll be finishing hopefully fourth book a couple of months. I'm, I'm hoping. And then I can try and work on your next series. Good, man. That's, well, I don't know if this is going to be a series. I really want it to be a one-off, but who knows? I don't know what's going to happen. Just, just make <laughs> it 800 pages and go, man. Just make it, just make it one big fucking book and say, and at, read at it. Minimum, if I do what I want to do with all the flashbacks, minimum is going to be about 180,000 words on this. So it'll already be pushing. Six six fifty yeah. between six fifty and seven hundred easy already. So that's minimum. light light work, baby. It light work. A, it might just be a thick boy anyway. Do it. Plus, I'm self publishing anyway, so I I can make it as long as I fucking want. Which is fucking commendable, man. That's 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 the big thing. I'm uh, I I th- I think the model of of doing stuff for ourselves. Don't don't wait on someone else to get it done. Do it yourselves. Get it out there. Uh is is the admirable way i think i think it shows a a character and a tenacity of uh the need that that you feel to do it um yeah somebody who just wants to make money from writing doesn't self-publish and write all that stuff they write one that they think is good and want the highest bidder and won't take anything else you know so it's it's a it's commendable man i appreciate your time You've been a wonderful guest. Oh, oh, I do have, I do have one. I do have a couple things. Hold on, where'd that? Um, I, f- I almost always forget to do this. Um, okay, this this is gonna be rapid fire. We're ready. Um, coffee or tea? Tea. Ooh, red or blue? Blue. My man. Um. Ice cream or popsicles? Ice cream. Easy. Favorite flavor ice cream? Uh, okay. I don't know if you guys have it. It's, it's this Bluebell brand, and it's called Millennium Crunch. Oh. It's really good. Uh, akin to it from a regular, it would be kind of like a more advanced Rocky Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Millennium Crunch. It's yeah. got it's got the, 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 the peanut butter cups, the chocolate, the, vin- yes. the, the, the small tiny cups yes. with the caramel ribbon. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's the one. Oh yeah. yeah. Also, uh, here lately, uh, I found Fruity Pebble ice cream. Bluebell has it in like little pints, and it's pretty fucking amazing. Okay, it has I'll... the Fruity Pebbles. Okay, and it has like little itty bitty frozen cereal marshmallows in it. Yeah. I'm right. going. I'm going looking for it. When when we lived in Alaska, the ice cream up there we had was Caribou Crunch, and it was the exact same thing. Hell yeah. So that was the Alaska that's version. Cool. That was was Caribou Crunch, not Millennium Crunch. That's that's awesome. Um, okay. Um, ninjas or pirates? Ninjas. Easy. That's that's good. Ninja Assassin, the Wachowskis, just underrated film all the way around. <laughs> uh, this is this is even though these are not the only two. I'm I'm narrowing it down to these two: PlayStation or Xbox. Um. I, I don't know. I've been a PC gamer a lot longer than both of those. But if we're going by consoles, 
I do own a PS5, and I do not own an Xbox Series X yet. So there you go. I did, I guess, make a decision to get one of those instead of a Series X. There you go. There I we did go. it for Demon Souls. Okay, if I'm oh. being honest, I did it for Demon Souls. Fucking it was, it was, yes. It was worth it. It was worth it. Oh, the the yeah. that fucking game. And the remake was. It just looked better. They kept it true. So I, yes, they it did. Was, it was magnificent. Yes, I did. Okay. Um, water or nate or nate trees. So, like beaches and water or inland and trees. Probably trees. Uh, I don't like peaches, but if I had to pick, yeah, I don't want to mix it in water <laughs> if I'm gonna do it. Yeah, I got you. Trees. Trees. Cool. Um, yeah. No, that's that's good. That's good. And. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to play, well, you will enter, hold on, as I, in, as I, fuck, hold on, where did this go, where did this go, um, so, there is, is this the one, yes, okay, um, so, I would play a jingle it, you will hear it in this actual version but i'm not going to play it because you won't hear it right now because the way my audio is have to unfortunately be set up well not not even that messenger they changed recently and because of they want to like feel background noise filtering stuff mm-hmm. it it prompts the, the the actual algorithm it uses prompts for voices and so because it can't tell the difference between my voice and the music I'm sending through, it thinks background music starts. And so I'll play it and music, you'll like hear a second of it and then it'll just cut out on your end because the thing is like, you need to hear if it, in case he says something. Uh, so yeah, it's dumb. Uh, so I have a nice little jingle that says Aaron's Poetry Corner and it'll play right now. Okay, this poem was sent to me. I read a poem at the end of every podcast, or almost every podcast. I like to read poetry. Um, a lot of times, I read not. I, I I will read like nonsensical poetry, or I'll write just nonsense poems and good stuff like that. Um, but this one, so we just uh, this last weekend, uh, which you guys will have heard on my last episode. Um, we just put down our our dog. She was thirteen, and I'd had her her whole entire life. Um, oh, yeah, and it was the second dog within one year that we had to put down. So, um, so we we went. You know, we do a we do a service that is amazing, where the doctor will come to your house in a nice, comfortable environment, administer it, all that stuff. So, in signing up for it, the company we went for sent me an email uh, saying, "Hey, just to let you know." Um, you know, you're scheduled for this time and stuff, and we know it's a difficult time. And then they included a poem, and I went back through my emails for the last time we used them, and they didn't send me any fucking poems in any of their other emails. But on this fucking email, they sent me a poem, and it is completely fitting and warm, and it may make someone cry. It made me cry when I read it, but I was like, this is just like the, a really nice thing. So I wanted to read it out here. Awesome. Uh, we thought of you with love today, 
but that is nothing new. We thought about you yesterday and days before that too. We think of you in silence. We often speak your name. Now, all we have is memories and your picture in a frame. Your memory is our keepsake in, uh, with which we'll never part. You, you may not be right next to us, but you ha- we have you in our hearts. And I, I read that and I was like, Damn. that is just That's awesome. the, the nicest, sweetest thing to talk about, like carrying on after, you know, and like, mm-hmm. like it, the poem was from the few, like, yeah, we're already, pe- the dog's already gone, but these are the things that are, I don't know. It was, it was cool. I love dogs. I'm a dog man all, all my life. So, uh, Same. yeah. Same. We got cats now, but dogs are my favorite. So I had to pick. Good, love it. Yeah, yeah. And then we just we we literally stumbled onto a a, a puppy, um, random coincidence at work. And he, the we, Doberman Poodle, Dober really? Dober Doodle. That's what. That's an awesome mix. I've never seen one of those. Before. Dude, it's it's crazy. He he looks like a Doberman, like the body slender, the hips, legs back. Mm-hmm. You know, that whole thing, but he has a poodle face, poodle ears, and he's the hair. So he's curly everywhere and the fluff. Um, And hypoallergenic also. (laughs) A hundred percent, which I I love. We have a standard poodle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's like 80 or 85 pounds. He's a, he's, a, he's a big boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, um, th- yeah, he's standard, standard poodle in Doberman, and I guess the the mom is the poodle of of him, and she's a bird dog. Oh, so, uh, a, yeah. So got some got some smartness at least in there somewhere. If the uh, mm-hmm. the mom's a, a good bird dog, so that that that's cool. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's weird things that we couldn't, we didn't want it. It would have been the first time in. 13 years at least that we didn't have an animal in the house which isn't fair i have two ball pythons but but they don't they don't they don't get out and run around and like greet you at the door (laughs) no no they're not going to come up and give you kisses and lick your face and all that stuff no yeah no so sorry guys you are animals and you were in our house it's just you're not a cute fuzzy dog um, You're not a dober doodle. That's it. That's it. Okay. Well, that's my poem and uh, more conversation. Yeah, it's it is easy to talk to you. I'm not gonna lie. Like it is just easy. Yeah, uh, we didn't even get into the top five Batman. So next time we'll do it. Let's do round two. I'll, I'll have you back in a little bit. You know, maybe after your next audiobook or something comes out and have you back on. We can just do another fun yeah. pop culture filled ramble through life, man. Hell yeah. Just uh, let me know. I'll uh, if you get a link to this. Send it to me yeah, 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 uh, yeah. It'll be out. This this will be out on Monday. Um, I, I release put out episodes every Monday, so this will be out on Monday. I'll, I'll I do uh, artwork for you every episode, so I'll send you a link to the artwork and tag in it and stuff. Um, Great, man. I, I, I appreciate I, it. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Uh, and for everybody out there, this has been another episode. Thank you all for uh, being here, doing what you do. You know, I appreciate and love every single one of you. And as I finish every episode with. I will do it yet again. Drive like you know each other. Hell yeah.